and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Don't forget Jazz Blazers tonight, 8 o'clock tip-off. Pre-game coverage begins at 7. Tim Lacombe and I will get you ready uh, for the Jazz and the Blazers. We'll have halftime and post-game covered for you as well. And, of course, uh, our guys Locke and Boone will have all the action for game number one of this already interesting NBA season. But let's talk a little NFL for a second uh, here, Gordon. Uh, before, because- we, before we do, you're getting slaughtered on this, uh, this dog question. By the way, I just want to pass that on to you. Thank you. <laughs> you get you just, get two tweets on your side, and I'm getting buried on this thing, huh? I've gotten many more. Maybe there's just some. Many more. Me. Yeah, I but believe that. I just no, want you. I I, it's an awareness question. I, I just want you to 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 think it through. You know, and maybe you'll change your your stance. I won't, right. and I'm not. Uh, this is uh, this is DeAndre Hopkins. Um, he he had a bit of a rant about his practice habits, Gordon. Apparently, <laughs> he's uh, missed 18 of the 41 practices uh, this season for the Arizona Cardinals, and uh, he he had some thoughts on it. Austin, yeah, man, I, I heard a lot of a lot of negativity about me not practicing when I first came to Arizona. You know, I don't, I don't watch um, like the Arizona local news and the channels and the sports station. But my grandfather, he's an avid listener to everything and every single one. I think if one of you guys say something bad about me, my grandfather, he, uh, he's told me. So uh, I've seen all the blogs and all the stuff. I'm pretty sure some of you guys might have been in there agging it on, but I'm not going to say any names. But. Um, you know, for those people who don't understand football and who just watch, uh, there's a reason that I play football and they watch. And there's a reason that, uh, you know, people are in positions for a reason. So um, I really didn't listen to it. I don't listen to it. I just listened to my grandfather. And he was saying, man, Arizona, they're really kind of on you right now because you're not practicing and all the, the critics and the sports people. But um, my grandfather knows who I am also, and he knows how productive I am on that football field. And he knew what I was going through. Uh, And the people who were giving me stuff, they don't know uh, what I was going through or dealing with. And I don't let my my news or really what's going on with me be publicized for the future. There's his rant, Gordon. What is your reaction? Well... I don't know what he's going through. And he said he doesn't make that public, but he just kind of did, right? That he's going through something. Didn't talk about what it was and why that would prevent him from practicing. So, I don't know. I, 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 I get where some of these prime athletes are coming from when people get on them about practicing, when they are, you know, almost, you know, he's one of the best receivers there is. And so I wouldn't complain too much about 
his practice habits. Where I do find a problem is the effect it has on his teammates. How do they feel about them being out there working hard to improve their skills, to improve their coordination, to improve uh, the team, and uh, and their best guy isn't around? That That's where I think it has a real effect, maybe more so than on him individually. What do you think? You know, I'm trying to look at this from a different uh, perspective, Gordon, because I, I listened to Eric Weddle on with Hans and Scotty, uh, not this week, but last week. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how, um, I can't remember how long into his career he said he was, but at one point he consulted with the, the coaches on his team and he didn't practice on Wednesdays. And he credited that for keeping him fresh and adding years on to the end of his career and for the fact that he was, and, and it's true, Eric Weta was remarkably healthy, but credited that at uh, one point making that decision and then doing that for several years where he just didn't practice on Wednesday. So I... I By the I, way, 13 of these 18 absences were Wednesday were practices. Wednesday. Yeah. So... I, I'm with you on the message to the teammates because I think that's important. But the, when Eric described it, he described it like this was something, you know, that was, I don't know, about a team decision, but something that he wasn't necessarily doing himself, but he was, you know, consulting with his coaches on what would be the best thing for the team and uh, how to get the most out of him on Sunday. And I thought it was actually a, a really fascinating uh, angle from his point. And so I wonder if some of this aggravation is, is, DeAndre Hopkins kind of feeling like he's being gaslit a little bit. Like, hey, you're criticizing me for something that is actually benefiting the team. So why are you criticizing me for doing this? How old is DeAndre now? Hmm. Late 20s, early 30s, probably. 31. I'd, I'd have to Google Here, it. I'm Googling it right I now. Remember, I remember 28. When he was drafted, 28 June 6, years old. 1992. That seems a little early. For, I mean, I get it. You know, even Stockton Malone, Jerry Sloan used to pull back on them a little bit in practice. Uh, but that, that's usually when a player is a little more advanced in age. Um, but I, I do concede that DeAndre Hopkins one of the best receivers in the world. I mean, he leads the league this year in, in yards. He is, and yeah, he is really, really good. isn't young in receiver lingo. Nope. I mean, um Oh, we were talking about it yesterday, and now my head, uh, now his name's right out of my head. Guy, Cowboys now with the Ravens. Des Bryant. Des Bryant. He's on the injury report this week. His his game went right off a cliff Hmm. when he was in his early 30s. He went from pro bowler to out of the league in like half a heartbeat. Really, my my problem with this quote-unquote rant from DeAndre Hopkins is the classic... I don't care what any of you say. I never pay attention to what any of you say, but now let me rant about what everything every one of you have said for the 90 more seconds. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. So do you care or do you not care? And then the, the empty threat, if you say something bad about me, my grandpa's going to tell on you, and I'll uh, know who's, who's talking bad about me. I'm making Either a list. don't ever address anything that is said about you or always address everything that is said about you. Who was uh, it? But I, I don't really care. I mean, he can say whatever he wants, what, whatever. If who? he wants to say that, I don't have a problem with him saying it, even if I deeply disagree but isn't it hollow when they say i don't care what you say about me and then they tell you for two minutes why they care about what you say about them. well he said that he hears someone's grandpa about it um 
I, I don't know. I, I I like hearing what people have to say, even if it's stupid. Um, but whether it makes sense or not, you bring up a good point. Uh, who was the Utah offensive tackle who uh, transferred from USC? This would have been 2008, 2009, 2010, somewhere in there. Uh, uh, it's it's a know. Polynesian name that's hard for me. No, Fakula it, Tonga? No, no, no. He was... Lofalamaka. No. <laughs> oh, shoot. I, I, he was good, but he wasn't quite good enough to go to the next level. But anyway, do, do you remember that he made a list of anybody that said anything bad about him? And then the minute he was done at Utah... Tui Kolavatu. It's that's not who I'm thinking of, oh. but but uh, <laughs> offensive tackle. I'm out. Yeah, not defensive tackle. Offensive tackle. And I keep wanting to say Garrett Bowles, but it was before him. Mm. Long-haired dude. I can picture him mm-hmm. right now. But he went scorched earth on anybody who had said anything bad about him the day the Utah season uh, ended. And our boy Ben Bagley was one of them. I remember, where he just goes blah blah blah, and just like Twitter straight fire to any media member that said something bad about him. Wow, it seems that, a little. I wish I could remember his name. See, I, see, I don't care about that. that I mean, I, it's not like I don't find it interesting. It just doesn't bother me because guys think these things. So if they make them public, how they feel, uh, you know, it doesn't make him right. Just explaining how he feels, and if it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. Or if you think it's overly sensitive, it's overly sensitive. But. Uh, I mean, uh, do you really pay attention to that? Well, I think that's what Austin's saying. saying you're saying you don't pay attention. No, I'm saying the, the people who, who might get angry at him for it. Who cares? I, I guess I don't understand what you're getting at. All right. Well, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, so, so DeAndre is a little uh, sensitive, I guess, about what people are saying about him. John well, Cullen. John Cullen was the one I'm thinking about. Anyway. Um, no, I, I, I think stuff gets back uh, to players all the time one way or another. I mean, I don't really uh, you know care how they consume it. It's how they process it. I think a lot of uh, NBA, you know, just using the NBA as an example, they say they tune it out. And I think some do, some don't. Yeah. And one, one thing that's interesting about Rudy Gobert is he doesn't even say he tunes anything out. I mean, he basically acknowledges that he Googles his own name every three minutes. So did I mean, he, did he acknowledge that? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but uh, you know the the way he is on social media and those sorts of things. Like he uses that as as motivation, and he uses that to you know like go out and prove people wrong. It's part of his personality. So I always laugh though at the oh I I don't see it. I don't read the newspaper. It gets back to you one way or another, and you either yeah. let it bug you or you don't, or you use it to motivate you, or you truly figure out a way to tune it out. It just comes with it comes with the territory. Well, however, DeAndre is uh, reacting to it. It seems to be working in a very positive way. He's either, I guess you could think he's, well, I'm overcoming it, but uh, it seems as though things are really going well for him. He's playing as well as he ever has. But if, if I were DeAndre and I was being criticized for missing practices when it was part of like my, you know, self sustaining program to make sure I'm at my best physically when I go out on the field, I'd be annoyed too. Okay, so how did you feel uh, about what's his name? Uh, who was uh, uh, Allen Iverson when he was doing the whole practice thing? Well, wasn't he in like Atlantic City getting drunk or something? I mean, that's a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, but he could still point to himself and say, "Look, I'm the best player on this team." 
But but I think that there's a difference. It's not about being the best player on the team. It's about the strategy to be the best for the team. I don't think it's about getting special privileges in all cases. But then again, you know, maybe we're looking at the the Clippers thing wrong, where that caused uh, division in the locker room. I I don't know. So, I just so, thought what yeah. Eric I just thought what Eric had to say was really interesting because well, he well, created, you bring he, up you bring up a great point there, Jake. What effect does it have on the rest of the team? Which is what Austin and I were getting at initially. With what we said about how the, how do how do his teammates feel about him missing so many practices? Which I would think that the teammates, that answer might these it might be hinted at that the teammates probably don't care as much as the media talking heads down there have made this into a story because of the eighteen practices he's missed, thirteen were on Wednesdays and ten of those thirteen were designated by the team for veterans to take those days off if they wanted to. So really, he's missed five practices where the teammates might say, why am I out here when DeAndre's not? But then he says, you don't know what I'm going through in my personal life. So for me, it's really, I don't really mind that he's not practicing. It's his right to not practice, and it's between he and the team, and then he and his teammates to iron that out. I just find it incredibly hypocritical when you tell me you don't care what anyone has to say about you, and then you tell me you care what anyone has to say about you. (laughs) Uh, we have some uh, breaking news in the NBA. Um, Houston Rockets guard James Harden has been fined $50,000 for violating the league's health and safety protocols, which, among other things, prohibit attending indoor social gatherings of 15 or more people uh, or, or entering bars, lounges, clubs, or similar establishments. It was announced today by uh, you know the head of legal operations. Uh, Harden violated these rules when he attended a private indoor party on Monday, December 21st. How much was the fine? 50K. All in once? All in once. Similar. Oh, nice. So that <laughs> a lot of chicken wings to buy. Um, Austin... Uh, uh, f- uh, Fifty thousand for James Harden is what, like a nickel for? <laughs> it's nothing. It's like a nickel for him. It's a, uh, it's a laughable number when you really think about it. It's the NBA saying we're doing something about this, so that all of us working fans out there go, well, "That's a lot of money." That'll teach them. And really, they're <laughs> like, "Okay, James, we're this. We know this means nothing to you." He makes fifty thousand dollars in the first three minutes of uh, a game. <laughs> But they're doing something about it, Jake. Well, they have to. I mean, they have to do something about it. They've got to enforce. But the, are they really doing something about it? Right. But they've got to enforce the rule. I mean, they've got to do something. They've got to do something. I would imagine the fine escalates the more you you violate the 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 rules. So yeah, isn't that just uh, isn't that just them saying, "Look, uh, James, we're paying attention to what you're doing, and if you knock it off." Yeah, it's them saying, know. "James, we're going to enforce it." I mean, mm-hmm. you, if you go out and, and break the rules, and and especially just you know rub it in our face, we're we're going to do something about it. And is that uh, and is that coming from the NBA? Uh, the Freezing. W. It's the WNBA, actually. No, no. Who, who's it coming from? Major League Baseball. I mean, my point is, is it coming from the NBA or is it coming from the Rockets? It's the NBA. So the the, the NBA is protecting the Rockets, too. Well, it's the NBA's rules, so I think it's them who has to enforce right. it. No? I don't, but, but in this case, if he is protesting and he's being careless because he's trying to stick it to the Rockets, uh, the NBA may also be trying to protect uh, 
their team. Okay. I see what you're getting at. All right. We'll have more Big Show coming up next. We'll get into the drop of the day, also known as Sounds of Various Clips. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bell swing and jingle bell ring. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for Drop of the Day, also known as Sounds of Various Clips. We've got a basketball game going on at the arena right now, Gordon. How's uh, it going? Weaver State, BYU, 10 minutes to go in the first half. Uh, the Mighty Weebs up on the Cougs, 16-15. to 15. How about that? Oh, well, competitive so far. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll keep an eye on the on the score of that game. But uh, right now, time for sounds of various clips. Austin's put something special together for us today. Austin, what this is? Uh, uh, Gordon participates in one of the most well known movie movie uh, scenes of all time. That's right. All right, here we go. I have a delivery for Clark W. Griezmann. Uh, I was supposed to deliver it yesterday, but it fell between the seats. I didn't see it. I'm sorry. My bonus. <laughs> Clarky, open it. Yeah, I hope it's a fortune, <laughs> You do, Eddie? I was going to wait till tomorrow to tell you all this, but what the heck? With this bonus check, I'm putting in a swimming pool. <laughs> There's enough left over. I'm going to fly you all down here to help us dedicate it. <laughs> I can't swim, Clark. I know that, Eddie. <laughs> what is it? It's a one-year membership in the Jelly of the Month Club. Oh, God. Clark, it's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. That it is, Edward. That it is indeed. This isn't the biggest bag over the head punch in the face I ever got. Son. If any of you are looking for any last-minute gift ideas for me, I have one. I like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there in Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing... Nitpicker. ...low-life, snake-licking... A hypocritical haberdasher, an ill-constitutioned creature, oily, but with bristles sticking up through the oil... Dirty! Inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking. A hypocritical haberdasher, an ill-constitutioned creature, oily, but with bristles sticking up through the oil. Dirt-eating, inbred, dog-kissing, brainless, hopeless, idiot, heartless, fat, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, stupid, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey he is. Hallelujah. Ah! Where's the Tylenol? Wow. You really do hurl around a lot of insults. <laughs> Jeez. I think there might have been a little bit of du- duplication there. A bit yeah, there. bad editing. It's all right. Whatever. You've called me a bad person like multiple times today. What's up with the insults? Uh, well, <laughs> Jake, what? You're, you're ridiculing a sto- heartwarming story about a, a police officer who paid the adoption fees for the three dogs that were left at the uh, at the uh, home, the uh, kennel, whatever it's called. That's not a story. It's just something that happened. Uh, what do you mean? What's the difference? It's not story worthy. 
It is story worthy. No, it's not. And we're not going back down this road. But I, I'm just wondering well, what, what's with you're all the. the one that, you're the one that brought it up again. No, I did not. I just said, what's with the insults? Why are you hurling insults around all the time? I've well, never well, called you a bad person. Okay, wait a second. When I. Uh... When I when I uh, go to the effort to find a tender story for the not sports report, and you say it's not a story, see that cuts to the quick. Does that it hurts? Does it really? Does it? Does yeah. it? Because it, it feels like I'm I'm just criticizing a story, and then it, <laughs> and then it it comes back with insulting things about me personally. I don't, I don't get what, what. What did I say that was so negative about you? Heartless fat. <laughs> Bug-eyed, stiff-legged, stupid, spotty lip. A puzzle wit, a fat head, brains less than a guinea pig. Worm-headed sack of monkey he is. Hallelujah. Ah! Where's the Tylenol? I love that movie. <laughs> what, is, what is that yell there you got there, Gordon? I don't remember that. What a great movie. Uh, terrific movie. Yeah, terrific movie. I gotta, maybe I'll watch that uh, tomorrow. Maybe a little Christmas Eve movie or something. Uh, both that and Family Vacation, though, I saw originally on the TV edit. Uh-huh. Not as good. Didn't realize until <laughs> I got the DVD versions that there were some things edited out of said movie. Several things. That yeah. weren't age appropriate for some of those that were in the room at the time I pushed play. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, whoops. Didn't know so, they were edited. Accidentally. So you got the blame for that, did you? We watched it as a family as a, when I was a kid, but that's because it was the edited versions. <laughs> I didn't know they were edited. Same thing happened with planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh-huh. Yeah, that has some language in it. <laughs> some spots in it that aren't that, uh, aren't that family-friendly. Yeah. Uh, rank the vacation movies. This one's the best. I agree. Christmas Vacation, then yeah, Family Vacation. And, the original, yeah. Uh, then i probably go Vegas, Europe. Okay. I'm, I, I think we're yeah. exactly the same there. Okay. European wasn't as good. No. And Vegas was just kind of... I don't know if I liked it more because of the, they were back. The Griswolds were back after a few years. Yeah, and they were after a while. A little older, and and uh, the, Vegas is just a funny place to do that kind of family story. It wasn't probably the best movie, but it, there was a little nostalgia, I think, that sure. makes it better than Euro. I mean, the, Europe, sorry. The, the, the Vegas one was pretty funny, the way he he lost at the table so badly. The ghost did, the, the, like, the rock, paper, scissors. And lose, he cheated, Eddie! And loses there, him. too. <laughs> yeah. Man, it's been a long time since I've seen that. When did that come out? <laughs> Wayne Newton falls in love with his wife. Yep. When did that come out? That one mid nineties, I want to say. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe late nineties. Where he's living on military land, and he's like, "All I know is my teeth had never been whiter, and my garden spitting out fifty pound <laughs> tomatoes." <laughs> That's pretty good. All right, good job, Austin. Good job. Now I want to watch Christmas Vacation. If you good. could be uh, planted. Into a Christmas movie, and you got to live as one of the characters in the Christmas movie. Which one are you choosing? Well, not that <laughs> one. You don't want to be in Christmas Vacation? Everything goes wrong. Well, not for Uncle Lewis. He, well, it does. He just doesn't know it. True. Yeah, I don't know. I've never envisioned myself in a Christmas movie. I'm sorry I don't have a prepared answer oh, for great. that question. Well, uh, this might be a good time to shamelessly plug tomorrow's 1 p.m. Christmas Eve edition of the movies. All right. Oh. Tune nice. in. Johnny Lightfoot and uh, Austin Horton. A a, is yeah, it a, reverse billing there. But yeah. uh, is it a holiday <laughs> edition of the movie zone? Yeah, it is. What a, what's cooking? Uh, well, it's Christmas Eve, 1 p.m. tomorrow, right here on the zone. Uh, we're talking about... 
Christmas movies that remind you of your childhood. Oh. Wonder Woman 1984 comes out tomorrow. Well, really, midnight Christmas morning. Uh, you've got uh, News of the World with Tom Hanks, a, a holo- or excuse me, a cowboy kind of a action movie. Yeah. And you've got a really good vengeance movie coming out as well. Is the Wonder Woman going to the big screen, or is it yeah. going to be streaming simultaneously, or just going to be on? Well, if you have HBO Max, I think it's going there as well. That's Warner Brothers' big announcement. But it's also going to be at the, at the big screens at Megaplex. I'm just curious if that's going to change going forward. I'll be interested to see that. Change meaning a lot more studios doing that way? Right, right, right. Even post-coronavirus, if they release it online. My stance on that is I'm fine if they still release it in the theaters. I agree. Some movies are certainly meant for the big screen. I'm with you. Who doesn't love going to the movies? But I'm sure, you know, doing like a pay-per-view kind of thing where you get 60 bucks a family for streaming, I'm sure that's pretty attractive to the studios out there, I would guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, That uh, Wonder Woman movie is supposed to be pretty good, isn't that awesome? Yeah, we'll talk about it more tomorrow. Johnny and I both have pros and cons or excitements and uh, concerns regarding that movie. So we'll talk about tomorrow. Tomorrow at 1 o'clock. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up straight ahead. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. (laughs) Number one. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, it is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. Don't forget Jazz Basketball tonight. Jazz Blazers, game number one of this year's NBA season. Uh, tonight at 8 o'clock, pregame coverage uh, will begin at 7 with myself and uh, former BYU assistant Tim Lacombe. We'll take you through uh, tonight's pre half and post-game festivities. And, of course, Lock and Boone uh, will have all the action for you. You asked me this earlier in the show, uh, Gordon. I'll, I'll ask you, do you expect the Jazz to win tonight? I, I don't know whether they're going to win tonight, but I think this team is really talented and motivated, and I think it's together. And I, I know they want to win that game right off the bat very badly. And if a bad team wants that, it really doesn't help that much. But this team is really good. Uh, I, the key is, can they slow down that guard line? And I, I don't, that's what I'm so curious to see. This is, this is fun stuff to see if the Jazz have made progress in that regard against a team that is very good at the very thing the Jazz struggled with a year ago. So we, we, we shall see. I, I, you know, this question will not be 100% answered in one game, obviously, right. but I'm really fascinated right. to see the shot distribution. Hmm. Who gets how many shots? Because that might be a, a sneaky challenge for the Jazz this year. You know, do the guys get uh, as many shots as they want to get? I, I think it was tough to get Conley and Bogdanovich the shots that they wanted at the same time. And uh, Donovan Mitchell took 20 shots a game last year. I don't see that going down. So, you know, where where do the shots come from on this team? Think about those bright moments with the Jazz offense a year ago and how the ball was popping. I mean, it was all over the place. When the Jazz were playing their best, uh, that shot distribution of which you speak was was shared in a manner that was looked healthy to me. 
and uh, incorporating all of that into Donovan Mitchell's stardom and the way he's going to uh, approach games, that's that's pretty good stuff to, to look for. It's it's Conley, I guess, the one specifically I'm going to have my, my eye on. Locke was on with us earlier today, and he had an interesting stat that Mike Conley had 13 20-point-plus performances last year for the Jazz, mm-hmm. and seven of them came in the bubble yeah. when Bogdanovich was not in the lineup. So do you think the other guys, like Bogdanovich and, uh, and Donovan, when when they see Mike Conley hot like that, are they going to get him the ball? I think they will. I think they're they're a pretty unselfish group. Yeah. Okay. But at at what expense? I guess that's what I'm. I'm, I'm not questioning their unselfishness. I'm. You know, if we're going to get bubble Mike Conley, how do they how do they do that exactly? How do they get him those type of shots? They let him shoot. They set him up to let him shoot. Uh, it's just like same thing if, Bo- if Bogey's got it going on. They're, they're going to get him the ball. I, I think these guys are sophisticated enough to do that. If Donovan Mitchell is heading toward 50 points, they're going to get him the ball. And oftentimes when he did that, he was, of course, handling the ball. But uh, I, I think this, this uh, the whole orientation of this team is uh, to do what's best for the team. And it doesn't hurt when you have your two stars who have signed their big money deals, and so they don't have to worry about that kind of stuff, you know. And so I, I don't know. We'll see. But that's what I would expect, an unselfish uh, uh, outlook. I don't think Rudy and Donovan, after signing these deals, are going to get fewer shots this year. <laughs> you don't think – so Rudy's not going to have to go into the locker room afterward and say, uh, get me the ball more? Well, maybe he's a little quieter about it, but I don't think he's going to say, yeah, I'll be a less significant part of the team. Yeah, that's a good point, Jake, because they do want to prove their worth uh, for what the deals they just signed, and everybody knows about it, and so they want to be worthy of those deals, and to, to be worthy of them, they may have to feel like they, they are going to prove that yeah, they are worthy. Right. So. so, yeah, so that still exists. Uh, I'm just uh, curious here for a second. Let's see here. Bogdanovich took 14.8 shots per game last year and scored 20.2 points per game. So I don't see you know him really uh, uh, taking fewer shots. Will there be more shots to be had because they'll pick up the pace? Well, that's why I think there is an emphasis on the pace. Mm-hmm. I, I feed do the, feed I, the beast. I do believe that, but you know, more pace leaves your defense more vulnerable, and they've also talked about playing better defense. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's actions and consequences. Last year, Mike Conley averaged 12.1 shots per game, his lowest number since 2012-2013. So there may be an extra two or three shots per game for him. From where? For, for, from a pacing thing. Mm. Okay. Well, I, I guess don't, I, don't, I mean, I don't know that, but uh, it seems like that might be reasonable. And I, but I think Donovan's going to shoot more. I do. So I don't. Really? Uh. Uh-uh. Well, mate, I think there's sort of a, a a conscious effort on Donovan to get to the line more, and in order to get to the line more, he has to draw fouls. He took 19.4 shots per game last year, down just a little bit from the year before, actually, and when he mm-hmm. shot 19.9 shots per game. I mean, that's a lot, though. I suppose. Maybe he'll take the same number, just make make a, a greater percentage of them. 
I'm, I'm not sure about that. Another thing to think about, Jake, offensively, is if they are picking up the pace, watch for that turnover number. Because usually when teams run, they tend to turn the ball over more. Yeah, they do. And uh, we know how that drives you nuts, Gordon. But we'll maybe always... but, but maybe those opportunities for shots will come quicker, so there will be fewer passes involved uh, from here to there, which uh, might reduce that number. Uh, I don't know whether that will increase, increase shooting percentages, but uh, Quinn doesn't seem to have a problem when guys are jacking the ball up uh, after, you know, eight seconds into the shot clock. Yeah. Well, keep an eye on more threes as well. Locke says uh, Quinn may want as many as 10 attempts per game from Bogdanovich, which, mm. which uh, you know, would change some of the shots that he got. Um, he, he, let's see, he took 7.3 uh, threes per game last year. That actually was by far a career high. Uh, he shot five threes per game in 16-17, and that was the next highest. So if he got all the way to 10, that would really be something. Jake, how many attempts did uh, Rudy uh, get per game? Uh, let me see. I'll bring Rudy up for you. Because um, I wonder how many shots he's going to get. Because obviously he's dependent on other people to feed him the ball. So he eighteen point two or eighteen eight point two shots per game, down from eight point eight the year before. Yeah, he may want a little a shot or two more. Per yeah, game. see that that's why I think that is a, it is a little bit of a challenge. Where where do the shots come from? I mean, we all know the the David James classic: not enough shots to go around for all the shooters. But that's a <laughs> you know that. That might be a thing. And I, I think it was something that uh, was kind of under the radar last year of a challenge that they had. Yeah. It's a great question, and I guess we'll pay attention to that tonight and see uh, see how it goes, see what the distribution is of those shot attempts and who gets the ball and when and how often. And Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see. But this team is a good shooting team. So I can see why guys would say, hey, get me the ball because I'm going to make it. And Rudy, certainly of all people, can say that because his percentages have been ridiculously high. Um, 39-32 is your score right now between BYU and Weber State. 22 seconds left to go in the first half. So we were trying up? to keep it close. Uh, with BYU on top, 39-32. Okay. Sorry, I should have said that. So uh, Weber State trying to keep it close. I, I was talking to Tim uh, Lacombe a little bit off the air. I thought uh, I thought the Cougs would run away with this one. So good for Weber State. We'll see. Maybe they still might run away with it yet. But Yeah, I love it when in-state teams play each other. It's good stuff. Yeah, I do too. Regardless, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, in college football, or excuse me, college basketball, I don't think there's much of an excuse to not play, at least in a normal year. Okay, yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll have more coming up next. It is the big show. Remember, pregame takes over at 7. Game tips off at 8. Another NBA season is here, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Wrap it up a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, we will be off tomorrow. Gordon, no uh, no show on Christmas Eve, uh, and we'll be off on Christmas. Next big show is going to be coming your way uh, on Monday. So uh, we'll get to our happy holiday wishes here in a moment. Should we make Austin record some incriminating audio real quick? Yes. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, yeah. 
It's Christmas. Well, that's why we're doing it now, so we can really put you in a <laughs> You had mood. a week and a half to do this yeah. thing. <laughs> so, you, what do we think? You got, you, got Rouges? Someone, you got something in your mind there, Jake? <laughs> uh, I was thinking, should we do something like trade Mike Trout or Mike Trout is overrated? Oh, that I hurts. Know, does... <laughs> that really hurts. Or how about, or I was thinking. I have other... so little in life. The other thing I thought I thought we could use a lot, Gordon, is Austin saying I way overreacted there. Yeah, yeah. I, that one, I, uh, the the trout one might be more funny, but I feel like the overreacted one we'd use more. <laughs> Who's this person saying? And, yeah, yeah. This is the guy that the, said, "Well, that's not true," so I could never record that. People might yeah, think but it's I, true. Yeah, but I I always do record it, don't I? After we honestly, no, there's been have a, to, there's been a few you've balked at. How about if we add an I'm sorry to the start of that, Jake? What? I'm sorry I overreacted there? I way overreacted. So do you want to do that one? I or mean, the, if you want me to lie to the listeners. You yeah. want to do that one or the Mike Trout one? Which one? I think that one will be played, have more application. Oh, yeah, it'll be played all the time. <laughs> you might have to climb into the producer studio to push the button on that one, Jake, but... I, I kind of like that one. All right. Everyone said I overreacted with the whole cruise line thing, and look where we are now. All right. <laughs> so you tell me I overreacted at your own peril, but really, I've been right. All right. On we, need one emphasis, thing. we need emphasis on the way. I way overreacted. Is that a fat thing? And I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no. God, I can't wait to not see you guys for five days. <laughs> That's pretty clever. All right, here we go. And you want I'm sorry at the first, or just I no, would put it put it at the end. I think it would be more effective there. Guys, I'm sorry. I way overreacted on that one. It's pretty long. I way overreacted there. I'm sorry. I way overreacted there. I'm sorry. No, no I like Gordon's no, emphasis no, no, no. of way is a good idea. I'm way overreacted. No. On, I way overreacted. Well, don't, you can't talk over it. I'm sorry. I, I, I way overreacted. Get it right. I way overreacted there. I'm sorry. Mm, I think we think, need Jake? one more. That's closer. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I way overreacted there. I'm sorry. That's pretty good. I like it. Acceptable. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> on that note, uh, happy holidays! May to both it snow of you. three feet during the jazz game tonight, Jake. Austin, to your three feet, wonderful family. I, I hope you guys you have keep a, their names out of your mouth. I hope you have a great holiday, <laughs> Gordon. To you as well. Please pass along to your family. I hope uh, it's it's a good one. Thanks, Jake, and uh, same to you guys and to all our listeners out there. And by the way, Jake, I really don't think you're soulless. I don't think you're heartless. Uh, I I just. Uh, what yeah, about spider-lipped? <laughs> Four flushing? Brainless? That was meant to be an overstatement Sack of monkey. for comedy's sake. Ah. So I, I think you do have a soul and a heart. just doesn't always appear. You know what this is? A bottle of Tylenol. Yeah, I, I like how kind that sounded right there. <laughs> I mean it. I mean, it. Yeah. from from uh, from my mind and heart to your mind and heart, Jake. I I wish you the very best holiday possible, and same to you, Austin. Really, uh, sincerely. Yeah, save it. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> wow. 
All right. Well, to all our listeners out there, uh, we hope you enjoy your Christmas and your holiday season. The Big Show will be back on Monday. Uh, Stay tuned. Jazz basketball is next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.